In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, you are saved by Jesus. You're saved by Jesus. That is the chief teaching of the Christian faith. If somebody asks you what it means to be a Christian, that is how you should answer them. To be a, Christ- a Christian means that the Lord has done everything for your salvation. And the emphasis is indeed on everything. He has done it all. Christianity is not about being a good person primarily or about the quality of your heart. Salvation is not about you at all. It's, it's for you, but it's not from you. It's not in you. You see, it's, it's not that you're supposed to do your best and then God does the rest. Or it's not that you take one step toward him and he takes two toward you. It's not even that he does 50% of the work for your salvation or 75% or even that he does 99.9% of the work for your salvation. It's that Jesus has done it all. He has accomplished 100% of your salvation. You are saved by Jesus and Jesus alone. This is what is so comforting and different about Christianity from all other belief systems and teachings in the world out there. You're saved by Jesus and by nothing you have done or accomplished, by nothing you've managed to acquire or conjure up within yourself. It's not based, your salvation is not based, pay attention carefully, it is not based upon your sentiment or your sincerity, or your consistency, or your motives, or even your decision, you are saved by nothing within you at all, but fully and completely by Jesus alone. Okay, so you can already guess the reason I'm emphasizing this so much (laughs) is because you are in constant danger of forgetting this, of losing this comfort, of yawning, over it, glossing over the gospel and forgetting it. We're tempted to just uh, uh, take it in like it was uh, nothing or to take it for granted. In fact, with the gospel lesson for today, there is a very dangerous way to read this parable, uh, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, and a way to read it that destroys the gospel altogether, that just undoes everything this sermon started out with. And many will read it, uh, and this is the common way to read it, and it's the most dangerous way. Many will read it like this, that the moral of the story is that if you are proud and arrogant, like that Pharisee, then you are going to be condemned and go to hell. But if you're really, really humble and you're lowly in heart, like that tax collector, and you feel really bad about yourself, then don't worry, because you will be justified, and you will go to heaven. That's the way many pastors will preach this parable, and the way many Christians understand it. So if you make the mistake of taking the parable in this way, then where do you need to look? You need to look inside of yourself. You need to look into your own heart to see if you are saved, don't you? You have to look into your heart at it and determine if you are proud or if you're humble. 
You have to look inside yourself for some measure of humility and some measure of contrition and see if you feel really, really, really bad about yourself. Well, I, I think some of you can already see uh, the problem with this. None of you, none of us, are perfectly humble. When you look inside your heart, no matter how much humility you may find there on any given day, you will also always find some measure of pride, some measure of conceit, won't you? If your salvation depends upon how humble you are, then you can never, how can you ever know if you've been humble enough? If your redemption depends upon your contrition, you're being totally contrite, then you'll never know if you've been contrite enough. If you're going to heaven rides upon the fact on how bad you feel about yourselves, then you can never feel bad enough about yourself. If your salvation depended only 0.1% on your own humility, then you would and could never be certain of salvation because you could never achieve or accomplish that 0.1% in its totality. You'll never know. You'll always wonder. If you blow that 0.1% that depends upon you and your humility, then all of the 99.9% .9 of the work that Jesus has accomplished already goes out the window and you lose it all. That's how it works. Now, this is precisely the problem when churches wittingly or unwittingly even direct Christians to find the certainty and assurance of salvation inside themselves. Any pastor, any teaching, any writing, any devotional, any book, any hymn that directs you to look inside of yourself or at least to look at your own heart for the certainty of your salvation will only lead you to despair. It is bad. Reject it. And this goes for all things. For example, just replace work or good works or the quality or humility that you're supposed to find in your heart with anything else. It's just as bad. So let's say instead of having to find some measure of humility or contrition in your heart, say you have to find the sincerity of a decision, a decision that you made once uh, in your life. So instead of having to be humble enough for salvation, you need to have made a sincere and firm decision enough for your salvation. All right, so where does that lead you? Go back to that decision and was your heart 100% in it when you made that decision? What, were you really sincere in that moment? Was your decision really heartfelt or were you just going with the flow? How, how could you ever know it was? And you may think it was then, but are you still sincere now? Have you wavered since then? And if you have, then maybe it wasn't that serious when you made that decision. Do, do you see how this starts to unravel and crumble? Now, if, if, if you're in this position, if you believe this, and you start to question your own decision, here's the problem. Nobody can help you. Nobody. Nobody can help you out. Nothing can help you. In fact, not even the Bible can help you. Not even the word can help you. 
if this is based on your decision. Because when it comes to that 0.1% of your decision, it's still all on you. And so when your feelings change and the novelty and excitement wears off, when you get discouraged and frustrated as a Christian and you begin to waver in the faith like, like this happens to all Christians, then you'll never really know if you are truly sincere and you're always going to wonder. You, you can just see how troubling this is. You, you can see how this just leads you to doubt and despair. The more you think about it, the less certain you become. Now, you have to be on your guard uh, be, uh, for this, against this, because this teaching is all over the place. It's in many of what you would call your favorite hymns. Uh, some of these sadly have snuck into our hymnal, and that's why we don't sing many of these old favorite ones, uh, because if you just sit down and read through them again, you'll be surprised how much some of these hymns will point you back to yourself. They will point you back to your own heart. To look inside yourself. So, so you can't let your guard down just because you're in the LCMS, right? Just because you're in a Lutheran church and just say, ah, I don't have to care about this. Everything that's going to be coming through is I don't have to think about. I just accept it. It's true. Um, you, you, you need to do more than that. You need to, to be more on guard against that. Um, just a, a quick story here. Uh, around the beginning of my second year here as a pastor at Zion, uh, we still had those old Concordia Publishing House bulletins that were published by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, by the LCMS. And those are really uh, beautiful bulletins. They have a color picture up front. Uh, they had all of the readings in the back already printed. Uh, and they even had a summary down at the bottom of the page uh, beneath the, the readings. Uh, well, this was probably my first first year, uh, ending my first year back in 2015, and we had the bulletin for this Sunday, <laughs> this very Sunday, uh, the, uh, the 11th Sunday after Trinity, we had the bulletin there. And the summary of the day at the bottom of the page said this, when you open it up, you look at the bottom, it says, uh, are you saved? Look inside of your heart. Do you find faith there? If so, then you're saved. And I told the elders at the time, this is very, very bad theology. If you want to know if you're saved, you should never look inside yourself. Not even for faith. You should always look outside of yourself. Always look to Jesus. Always look to the promise of the gospel, the objective word that the Lord has spoken. You look to your baptism. You look to the Lord's Supper that this is for your forgiveness given for you. But you are never to look inside of yourself. Uh, as you know, we no longer have these bulletins anymore because of this. Uh, also, we stopped getting them because we couldn't afford them at the time. <laughs> so it worked out uh, in the end. Uh, with all this being said, I'm setting the stage so that you can see exactly what the problem with the Pharisee is in today's parable. Uh, there are a lot of similarities between the two. They're both sinful. They're both mortal. They both go to the temple. They both pray. They both pray to the same God. However, 
there is a main difference between the two, apart from the fact that the Pharisee is the best sort of person you could possibly think of and the tax collector was the worst person you could possibly think of. There is a more fundamental difference, a greater difference than that. The main difference is that the Pharisee looks to himself. The Pharisee looks to himself for his salvation, for the certainty that he is a child of God. That is the main difference. The Pharisee looks at his own life. He looks inside of himself. He sees two kinds of righteousness that he finds in himself. A a moral righteousness. He says, I'm not an extortioner. I'm not unjust. I'm not an adulterer. And then he looks at his religious fervor and righteousness. He says, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all that I earn. And then notice what he said at the beginning. He said, God, I thank you. And this is what I didn't realize before uh, in so many years of reading the text. He is giving the glory to God. Yes, he's doing the good works. He is a generous man. He is upright and moral, but he doesn't take credit himself. He doesn't say, I did it. I deserve the credit. He says, God deserves the credit even for these good works. For the glory, God deserves the glory for what I've done. Now, now you begin to see how nuanced and subtle the distinction is between the Pharisee and the tax collector. Uh, This is a very subtle distinction. What Jesus is teaching us here is this, that the problem with the Pharisee is not that he is some sort of legalist and that he wants credit for going to heaven. He gives God the credit for that. The problem with the Pharisee is that the thing he believes saves him is inside of himself, is found in his own heart. That's why verse 9 says, Jesus told this parable to some who trusted they were righteous in themselves. The Pharisee has faith in God to be sure. But the Pharisee looks to the love of God produced in him and through him for the assurance of his salvation. So he's looking at his own hands and saying, look, I am acceptable to God because of what God himself is doing through me, through my hands, through my generosity, through my heart, through my going to church. That is why the Lord is saving me because of these actions that he's done through me. And because of this, he will save me. And God has assured me of my salvation through this. Well, to put it simply, this Pharisee is trusting more in what God is doing through him than what God has done for him. And that is the difference. Because the tax collector does not do this. The tax collector does not look in himself for a second for anything. Rather, he looks only to what God has done for him. He says, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. The Greek word here for mercy is propitiate. Uh, So what he's really saying is, God, be propitiated to me, the sinner. What does that mean? What this tax collector is asking for is something incredibly specific. When he says, uh, God, uh, propitiate me, he's asking God to turn his face away from him entirely and to turn rather to the blood of the sacrifice, the blood of the promised sacrifice, namely Jesus, the blood of Jesus. That is what he is asking for. So this is the difference. The Pharisee says to God, look at all of this great stuff you're doing through me. And the tax collector says to God, don't look at me. Don't look at my sin and my regret. Don't even look at my good works, for goodness sake. 
my sincerity or my devotion, my virtue and my decisions or one thing inside of me because they're all marred with sin. They're all stained with sin. So don't look for a second at anything I've done, anything inside of me or my heart. Rather, turn away from me completely and turn and look over there to that blood, to that sacrifice and look to Jesus. That tax collector looks to God and he places God's righteousness in complete opposition to his own, not with his own righteousness, but against his righteousness, against himself. He looks for righteousness that does not occur in anywhere in himself, not in the slightest. And when he does this, Jesus says, I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. And this is the entire point. Uh, there's a phrase in Latin, uh, it's called extra nos, which means outside of ourselves, outside of us. And this teaches that all of our righteousness is extra nos, outside of us. Your righteousness is not in you. Your justification, your forgiveness, your salvation does not happen, uh, it does not depend upon something happening in you or a change in you. It happens outside of you. That is in Christ on the cross when he bled out and won the salvation for the world. If you want to find your righteousness, if you want to find anything good about you, if you want to know if you're truly saved, if you're truly forgiven, then you look straight ahead to the cross. And there in Jesus, in his word, in his death and resurrection, you will find it all. Dear saints, this is the gospel, that Christ died for your sins. And because of this, he saves you, and he justifies you, and he looks away from you and your sins. He will look away from your heart and your wicked deeds. He will look away from every ounce of arrogance or pride in you, your insincerity and your failures. He will look away from your regrets, every single one of your mistakes, every single one of your sinful thoughts, words, deeds, and desires. He will look away from them all, and he will look only to Jesus who saves you. And he will judge you not according to what's in you, but according to his son, Jesus Christ, according to his righteousness. So don't come here making any excuse to God. Don't try to hide your sin on your own. Don't try and show your good works to God. Leave it all behind. Throw away every regret and look instead to Jesus the more you look to Christ and his work, the less you will look at yourself. And so, if your dear Father in heaven does not look at your own heart for your salvation, but looks rather to Jesus, so also you should not look at yourself for your salvation. And you should not dwell upon your heart or your own striving or your consistency, or your contrition, or your godliness, or your sincerity, or even your faith. Don't look there. Don't put faith in your faith. Don't put faith in your works. Don't put faith in anything in you. Put it only in Jesus. If you want to know if God loves you, if he saved you, if he truly has forgiven you your sins, then you dwell chiefly upon the bleeding heart of Jesus. 
and there you find what is pure, what is consistent, what is permanent and true. You find assurance and the certainty of your salvation. When you feel guilty, when you wonder if you're even a Christian anymore, when you struggle in this life of sorrow, don't for a second look to your heart. Look rather to Jesus. Dwell on him who is greater than your heart and who for the sake of his blood has saved you. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.